Hi, my name is Bill and I am a man without a party. Welcome to the D Party Podcast. This is a place for those of you who may currently be politically homeless, but who haven't forgotten your true home. Welcome in. Episode 15, The Millennial Interviews, Part 4. Moving forward. For those of you who have listened to past episodes, you know that I, from time to time, I'll interview uh, somebody. I I have a series uh, called The Millennial Interviews, where I've begun interviewing uh, my own children. I've done this because I think they have something to say. And uh, I find them to be somewhat representative of of a lot of people in that age group that I know. And um, I know this isn't true of every everyone in that age group, but my own children have been affected uh, by the current political moment that we're in, and um, through uh, their entire lifetimes of being in in the evangelical church and and dealing with some of the inconsistencies and hypocrisies that they see. So this is the second half of my interview with with my daughter Bethany. Um, the first one aired a couple episodes earlier to this, and uh, it's a very kind of a personal. Uh, freeform talk with her uh, about moving forward and what's what uh, what she has done uh, to deal with some of the like I said the inconsistencies that she's seen and some of the ways that that the church has seemed to um, maybe disappoint. So here you have it. This is part two of my interview with Bethany. This is going to be kind of a weird question I hadn't planned on asking, but a lot of this kind of thinking of, well, you know, the, the church shouldn't be dealing in shame. Mm-hmm. And yet, how does the church deal with our politicized culture? In other words, is there ever a point where the church needs to be like, this is shameful? And, you know, and I'm not talking about the typical things we, we talk about, I still think are important, but like moral sins and, mm-hmm. but that are there any tables that need to be turned over regarding yes. what we're doing? Because um, I, I think that there's there's a little danger mm-hmm. in saying, you know, that, and, and I know why you're saying it. And I, and I, I will say this, Bethany is an artist. And in college, she got a theater degree. Um, she is, that's just her heart. And were you ever judged in the church for being someone who does theater? Yeah. Yeah. And so you can see where people come from. Like you said, we're on a journey, and our, and our past and the way the church has interacted with us affects our journey. But I'm concerned on the way forward. Is there a point where we have to say, you know, we're going to lay down our political power? We're going to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to jettison our moral, uh, we're not going to jettison what God believes is righteousness, you know? Uh, and We've talked about that, and I know there's disagreement on some of these um, hot-button issues, certainly, but but I think my frustration is things that should be hot-button issues aren't. Like, again, supporting someone who, from all appearances, is amoral because you believe that he's going to do moral things, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, for example, or supporting someone, teaching our children not to lie, and then supporting someone who's, a, I think, a pathological liar. I just said a lot. Does that make sense? Yes. Part of me thinks that maybe there's a lot of people that are in the evangelical church that don't actually know God. I think about the verse all the time, and I it used to scare me 
But then when the 2016 election happened, I was like, ah, I now understand. It's the verse in Matthew that says, we will, they will cry out, Lord, Lord, and he will say he never knew you, or I never knew you. I always thought that's going to be me, but now I'm like, no, that's going to be a lot of the evangelical church. I honestly believe that. So I think that it's almost a mute point talking about sin and shame and, and, and what the Bible says and stuff, because I don't know if a lot of people we think are Christians are. I don't know if they're following the real God, you know? And if they're not, then all of this is in vain. You, I mean, I know, I know, um, and this isn't about Trump. I mean, it honestly isn't. It's, it's about, I, I think, what led up to, to the overwhelming support for him. But I know plenty of people that I am positive know God and are wonderful people in all, you know, in all respects that I can think of, but who voted for Trump for many number, uh, a whole number of reasons. And some of them have since said, I shouldn't have done that. But others of them have doubled down and said, this is great, you know. Yeah. Um, is there a possibility that there are people that, that are on a journey that maybe I, someday will look back and say, Ooh, why did I do that? Or I hope I, yeah. I really, I mean, I hoped that within these four years, people would come to their senses, but I don't know if a lot of people have, and that's the thing that scares me. And it's just, it's hard. I struggle because there's a lot of people I love dearly that I, I believe that they love God. I believe that they believe they love God. But I also believe that they use their faith as a way of self-righteousness uh, to belittle other people, to shame other people. And there's so many Christians and churches that aren't like that, that I have found, and that are just very chill. They, they want to love God and do good and honestly don't spend a lot of time I guess they do spend a lot of time in making things right but in a different way than the churches I grew up in like the churches I grew up in want you to be straight and pure and don't cuss and don't drink and and they say they want you to love everyone they say they want you to be kind but they but they really kind of mean love people like you that believe the same things you do. And then there's other people that are like, they just want everyone to, uh, you know, be taken care of, to be out of cages, to, uh, they want their communities to have equal rights for everyone. They, you know, they, they're, and the people on one side look at the people on the other side and think they're doing it wrong. And mm. I guess, Again, I could be wrong on which side I am, but I was like, I don't want to be on the other side. So I had to leave. Does that make sense? Yes. And does that answer your question? I don't I think so. know if it did, but because I think the reason why I'm struggling with this question is because I struggle with this question in real life. Because, it, because it, I so clearly see like a right and a wrong, but then I'm like, well, I have to... I have to look on the other side, but then I get really upset because I just, I don't want to, you know, I want to be right and I want the other side to be wrong and, and it just gets complicated. But I think, 
I just think I've decided where I want to be. And I've just kind of not given up on those people, but which I think that that's probably wrong too, because there are people who need me and people like me to speak up and to not just let things continue the way they are. So it's like I struggle with the, the fact that I need to be saying what I think is wrong, calling on the church to repent, calling on the church to wake up, but also realizing that like the other side isn't perfect either. And like, you know, everyone's on a journey and like, you know, it's not my kind of like how I said, I'm not other people's Holy Spirit. If I'm thinking, if I'm saying that for like gay people, I should be saying that for Trump voters, you know? And, and I think that that's the hard thing because, but I guess the difference between gay people and Trump voters is like gay people just want to like marry a person they love and Trump voters want like no one to have any rights <laughs> and the rich to get richer. So, you know, I guess that's okay. the main difference. <laughs> I'm going to ask this question so incredibly carefully because I don't want to um, make you mad. But uh, well, it kind of goes off what you just said. Mm-hmm. How much of this is driven, how much of the way you currently feel is driven by anger, do you think? I think a lot of it. So Bethany, I was going to ask you, um, I think finally, uh, do you see, what, what, do you see any positives? Do you see positives through this current political moment that we're in? Um, do you see hope on the horizon? Or do you think it's just going to keep getting worse? that's really hard to say if there's hope on the horizon. And I even mean that in the standpoint of beyond the church, just for our country, (laughs) because even when Trump is out of office, it's not like our work is going to be done. You know, there's, I actually work for, or I guess volunteer for a uh, activism group. And that's like our big thing is that, you know, it's not just getting Trump out of office. It's like making a better country. And that's such a hard work because our country didn't really start on good foundation as much as we like to think it did. I guess we like the religious freedom access aspect. And there's a lot of reasons our country is better than some other countries, but it also started on murder and, you know, racism and stuff like that. We talk a lot about that in our little activism group it's called americans of conscious check us out we're on twitter uh but it's just you kind of have to keep moving and i guess that's one of the good things that has happened for me is i've found places like that uh activism activism group people that are like-minded as me and working towards something and i found that in people too in churches uh and i have found there is hope and there is good you know i'm not angry every single day of every single week you know there's moments of joy there's moments of happiness in this current state and i have found communities that refresh my heart and that heal my heart towards god i found i've found places of rest And for myself, I've found new ways of looking at life through the lens of God and through the lens of faith. I've personally experienced a realer faith in these past four years than I had growing up because I'm no longer trying to perform 
or live to new standards. So in that way, the things are good. And, and there's a lot of people, I love Beth Moore, um, Sarah Bessie, Rachel Held, Evans, RIP. Uh, those were great voices that really helped me through a hard time. Rachel Held Evans, which passed away earlier this year, so she no longer tweets, but her book, Searching for Sunday, really is a book I'd recommend to anyone. It's very pro-church, even though it is also about struggles with church, but it's very pro-church. Um, Sarah Bessie, she's the author of Jesus Feminist, which I haven't read that book, but I've read Out of Sorts, and that was a really good book. Beth Moore is perfect in every way and is on Twitter, and I love her and would follow her to the ends of the earth. There are probably other people, but those are, I guess, the ones that I would recommend. Uh, there's voices like that that are, I think, fighting a good fight, That, and they're very... What I like about them, they know scripture. So they're not they're not just like going their own way. They're they read the Bible, they know the Bible, and they listen to the Bible. So there are voices out there that are very strong in faith that I look to. Russell Minnick. Mm, yeah. I really like Russell Minnick. I hope to get him on this podcast at some point. I, I hope haven't you could. I haven't asked him yet. That would be lit. That would be you mess. would have to be ready to get beaten down. <laughs> that would be lit. <laughs> that would be fire. Yeah, but he—he—he's a very good voice in our yeah. generation. I wish more he's, people knew. He's him. a missionary. He's a, a pastor, mm-hmm. and he has—he has spent a lot of time as a prophetic voice, just rejecting. Yeah. Many of the directions that the white evangelical church has taken recently. And it's people like him that's really been a saving grace for me. Because I look to him and I'm like, okay, if he he also thinks that we're all crazy. So it kind of it, it makes me think I'm not alone. Mm. And I can be someone who still believes in God but doesn't like Trump. Uh, it is possible. Yeah, it is possible. Or and not even just like I know some people don't like Trump, but but who actually is not, who he is very vocal about his dislike of Trump. And I really respect that because I think that it is important. I think that, and I think it's a prophetic prophetic voice, like you said. Uh, So I have found all that to say with the Americans of Conscious, which is the activism group with uh, people on Twitter, with people like Russell, with my friends up in Michigan uh, some of my friends from college and, and from home that have gone on similar journeys like me, my sister, there have been really people that I've just leaned on in this time. And even you, Dad, you know, we disagree on things, but I appreciate that you are always willing to at least try to see another <laughs> side. <laughs> um, and so I think that there is, there's good that's come out of it from me, like in me personally, I've seen good. I've seen churches, some churches start to wake up. And, you know, I just, I kind of don't listen to Bethel songs anymore. And I'm okay Mm. with that because they love Trump and 
Which is weird. Yeah, it's it's yeah, very just weird. Just their California. Yeah. Hipster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, there's a there's there's room for people like me, and hopefully we will get louder or bigger. Not maybe not louder, but like bigger, so that the world won't just see the evangelicals that are pro-Trump. They'll see people like me that I'm not as departed as you. Well, I'm very departed. I'm not as homeless as you politically. I've kind of attached myself to the Democratic Party, but I also recognize there's the liberals are also dumb and mean and things like that. So, mm. uh, I don't think they're perfect, but I think that I think they're just they just are on to something. <laughs> like, you know, we should care about people. So, all right, anything else? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like what do I want to leave the you've been, people with? You've been doing you've been doing a good vocal fry the whole time almost. You know what I'm talking about? This, like this. Yes. Sorry, yes. you could have That's told okay. me minute one, not minute hour and three. Uh, what do I want to leave the people with? I think it's good to remember that Jesus humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross and that maybe, kind of like you said earlier, maybe we need to lay down our power as Christians and... Uh, just chill out on we're not going to be persecuted we're not going to be we're not going to lose anything by losing political power so i just wish that people would care more about love than political power and also just let women speak all right <laughs> thanks beth it's been uh it's been great having you on the episode thanks for having me of course um and we'll we'll see you soon bethany's going to go to michigan tomorrow I'm sad. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) I know. All right. Well, thanks again. Yeah. Love you. I love you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview and maybe it gave you some things to think about. I really appreciate Bethany taking time to do that. So until next time, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. God bless.